1: now
3: Thank you
4: If you're a person who invests their money, it's pretty safe to say that over the years, you've probably invested in a variety of stocks or mutual funds. So if that's the case, then you already know that they can get quite volatile at times. But with inflation running at its highest rate in 40 years, you got to ask yourself, do you really want volatility and uncertainty? Because being able to sleep at night, knowing that your investment isn't about to crash and burn is worth its weight in gold. And speaking of gold, If you've been jumping from one investment to the next, then a gold IRA with noble gold might be just what you're looking for, because a reliable investment against inflation just fell in our laps, and that is gold. You shield your gains from taxes, you keep the real value of your wealth, you own a global asset, it's something tangible, and you can help protect your wealth against an economic crash. So what's not to like? And this month for every IRA above 20K, you'll get this incredible three ounce solid silver American virtue coin completely free as a thank you just for signing up. Call Noble Gold today at 877-646-5347 or you can find out more by visiting the link below at noblegoldinvestments.com. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Red Pill News. My name is Zach Payne, the corruption detector, and I'm glad you guys are here with me today. Uh, We're going to be talking about a couple of different things. First of all, the contentious Senate race in Pennsylvania, and then also this impending decision to hand over sovereignty to the World Health Organization by the Biden administration. I've got some things you guys can do, hopefully, to stop that from happening. I have a conversation a little bit later in the show with my friend Zach Voorhees, the former Google whistleblower. But I wanted to begin talking about the subject of Kathy Barnett, Dave McCormick, and Mehmet Oz. Now, obviously, President Trump endorsed Mehmet Oz. Doug Mastriano and General Flynn endorsed Kathy Barnett. Dave McCormick used to work in the George W. Bush administration. He's a Wall Street guy, so I'm not even going to give him the time of day. But as of right now, Kathy Barnett is a close second to Mehmet Oz. And I think the only thing that's pushed Oz above her uh, is because President Trump endorsed him. Now, during my live stream, Occam's Razor, earlier today, somebody in the chat made a comment stating that Kathy Barnett had recently received $2 million, and it was Google money. So I figure, well, that's a big claim, and it's something that I can go ahead and check out. Here, if we go to the Federal Election Commission's website, we can specifically drill down on all candidates in federal elections, and more specifically for the Pennsylvania Senate, uh, and we have all of their donations that they've received right here, everything that's reported. So unless Kathy Barnett got $2 million from Google uh, since these reports have been filed, then I can't seem to find them. But we have Republican Dave McCormick, all of his donations. We have Mehmet Oz's donations. And then if we scroll down the list, you can see John Cart Fetterman is the number one person getting donations in Pennsylvania. He's a Democrat. Then we next have Dave McCormick. That tells me that these two guys are the establishment candidates. These are the people that are probably. Probably getting the majority of corporate donations. But Oz is a close third. It's about a $1 million difference between Oz and McCormick. And then if we scroll down here, we can see Kathy Barnett. Now, she has taken in, according to this, less than $2 million, $1.7 million. And it looks like she has expended $1.6 million. So not only is she very handily out-donated by Oz and McCormick, Uh, She is spending a lot less money than they are. So let's take a look at Oz right here. He's got that $15 million in donations, total contributions of $3 million, and then $12 million in loans that he's gotten. So if we click on Oz's individual contributions right there, we can look and see who the number one donators are. If we click on the amount, we can filter it. And it looks like WinRed is the number one donator. And so WinRed, obviously people donate to WinRed. WinRed then gives that money to Mehmet Oz. So it's possible to launder funds through there. But in a single contribution, he received 98,000. Next down, we got 59,000, then 47, then 43, and it continues. Continues on like that. Uh, Oz has uh, 2,109 total donations, total individual donations. If we take a look at Dave McCormick again, who has gotten about a million dollars more than Mehmet Oz. He's got $4.694 million in individual donations and $11 million in loans. Let's take a look at his donations right here. And his largest donation is also from WinRed, but that is $347,000. He has had a total of 3,237 donations to his campaign. Now, Kathy Barnett, it's a very different situation here. She has taken in just over a million dollars in individual donations that have been itemized and then only 648,000 in unitemized individual donations if i'm not mistaken those are uh, very small negligible donations but we can take a look at total donation portfolio right here Her largest donation is in the amount of $10,000, and that's from a man named John Folino. And if we look at all of Kathy Barnett's donations here, uh, they are, by and large, from individual people, uh, just, I would imagine, Pennsylvanians uh, who want to see her win this race. She's had 6,199 individual donations. So, although some of them are from WinRed, they're in uh, fairly small amounts. I think the largest that she's received from WinRed was $5,800. She got a couple of those, then her next is 5600 and it just continues down like that. So, from looking at this FEC information, I don't see $2 million in, in Google money coming in. Uh, as I said earlier, if there is something that I'm missing, if there's another way that she might have received this money, maybe it went to a PAC that's devoted to getting her elected. But it looks to me like uh, Kathy Barnett is the people's candidate, and it looks to me like Mehmet Oz and Dave McCormick are the corporate candidates. I think that the donations they're receiving are, are make that pretty obvious. So, as I said, earlier, I think you guys should vote with your heart. I think that you should do as much research into each of these candidates as possible. There's a lot of people who think that because Mehmet Oz has been endorsed by President Trump, that's who you should vote for. I've said before, I think President Trump likes to bet on the winning horse. And in this case, Mehmet Oz is a celebrity. Uh, He has, uh, you know, he's had successful television shows. He's got great name recognition. And uh, even though he hasn't been living in Pennsylvania for quite some time, he's only recently come back. I I think that people People are going to look at the names on the ballot and say, I know who Mehmet Oz is. They're more likely to vote for him as a result. Now, it's quite clear, Dave McCormick, somebody wants Dave McCormick to get this spot because they have donated a lot to him. Uh, but he and Oz are, are running neck and neck. Kathy Barnett, again, she appears to be the people's candidate. She hasn't taken in much money. She spent virtually all of it. And for her to be in second place that close to Mehmet Oz, I think that shows a real groundswell of support from the people of Pennsylvania. Of course, the uh, endorsements from General Flynn and uh, Doug Mastriano did not hurt at all. So let's go ahead and move on to the next subject, which is the World Health Organization once again good afternoon everyone you're listening to red pill 78 as always my name is zach payne the corruption detector and joining me today to discuss a couple of key conversational points is my good friend zach Voorhees, the google whistleblower zach how you doing today bud zach good to be back on your show Awesome. I'm pleased to have you. So I want to talk about two things with you today. Um, you had sent me over first a tweet this morning in regards to this Tonga earthquake situation. But more importantly, I want to begin with a conversation about the efforts that the World Health Organization is undertaking right now, which a lot of people are worried could, uh, you know, uh, sacrifice United States sovereignty in a way. Let's start with that. Tell me, what is your understanding of what they're trying to do?
5: yeah so apparently the Biden administration is heading to Geneva, Switzerland in order to sign off on sovereignty to the w h o uh during a health emergency. Um, they just let it drop that they were doing this um, they had filed secretly in January, and now Michelle Bachman is coming out on the war room and warning the American people that, you know, we are just weeks away from the WHO capturing American sovereignty during a pandemic. Now, you know, Zach, uh, there has been uh, predictions that there's going to be a resurgence in COVID in October and November. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, could we be seeing a takeover and what do we need to be able to do in order to slow this down?
4: Yeah, obviously, this is a very scary situation if it's uh, as bad as people are saying. Let's go ahead and take a look at this clip real quick from Michelle Bachman on War Room just earlier today.
6: That's right. It's hard to believe, Steve, but in less than two weeks' time, a vote will take place in Geneva, Switzerland at the World Health Assembly. They're important because they're the governing body of the World Health Organization, WHO. This authority that they would be given would impact 99.4% of all the people in the world. There are 193 nations belonging to the UN. The Biden administration is bringing amendments that would propose that all nations of the earth cede their sovereignty over national health care decisions, to the WHO, the World Health Organization. So what this would mean, Steve, is that the WHO would have decision-making authority to intervene into the United States government policy and any nation of the world without our permission. So, for instance, the lockdowns where you see 26 million people today locked down in Shanghai, China. They can't leave their apartments or homes. The WHO would have the authority to be able to impose that here in the United States for whatever pretext they want. They don't have to show data. They could do this. What this does, Steve, bottom line, is it creates a platform for global governance, global governance through the WHO. This is what people need to know. It's time sensitive. No one knew about this. The Biden administration gave these proposed proposed amendments to the World Health Organization on January 18th. No one in America knew this until April 12th.
4: Okay, so yes, this is exactly what a lot of people have been uh, uh, sending me in my emails for the last couple of days. Uh, Sounds like it's just as bad as a lot of people are fearing. If the United States was to cede over their, um yeah, I guess, their health care policy and uh the decision-making powers in the middle of some type of a pandemic, if we have another scam like we had with COVID, that could have some really far-reaching ramifications in, in terms of what we could and could not do. Michelle Bachman laid it out there perfectly with the example of what's happening in Shanghai, China. That's absolutely frightening, Zach, to think that maybe... World Health Organization, um, you know, SS officers could be coming to our homes, barricading us in, uh, putting bolts into the ground so we can't open the doors.
5: Uh, That's absolutely horrific. It is. And what we're seeing out of Shanghai is something out of a dystopian nightmare. Um, I just saw a little child playing uh, with his uh, food door in a covid camp where it's sealed on both sides and then Uh, someone comes by, unlocks it, puts the food tray in, closes it, and then the person inside can go ahead and like eat the meal off of it. Like we are seeing like something that is, should be science fiction. But we're seeing it right here today, and it's going on. And it's clear that the WHO wants to be able to have that like super concentrated control, that super centralized uh, decision making ability. And what's really scary is that it's the English speaking countries that are all into this it's New Zealand, it's Australia, it's Britain, it's the United States. We're all coming together and entrusting the who in order to have uh, give them the sovereignty during an emergency so look if they if they are incentivized to get all this power during an emergency guess what the emergency is going to happen and there are predictions that there's going to be a surge in october november i mean come on we know that everyone's ticked at the left right now everyone's sick and tired of Of all the games that they're playing, they see the fake news. There's a real wave that not even the cheating is going to be able to stop. And so we know that they're going to have to play a plot card here before the next elections for the midterms or they're going to lose the entire thing. And what you see right now is there's a, a whole bunch of confluence of different dates lining up. October 25th, Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter goes through. You know what that means? That means he doesn't have it in the bag. What else happens in in November? That's when this Geneva um, treaty, if it's signed, will go into effect in November. And so everything's happening October, November of this year. Right before the election. Yeah, right before the election. And I am getting so worried, Zach, that they're going to pull the rug out from underneath us and just basically go into a military coup because it's very clear that their propaganda is not working on the american public anymore and people are tired of it that check this
4: out ancient civilizations were a lot more advanced than us in a number of different ways and the most shocking idea is that they knew how to age gracefully long before we ever did their secret was a spice that had a fountain of youth like property and that
7: spice was turmeric to this day
1: Email oh FighterFlare.com
4: turmeric is one of the most widely researched and studied natural remedies to support healthy aging and promote a youthful appearance and that's why i highly recommend taking turmeric this wonderful new pill uses a turmeric extract that has 46 times better absorption than typical turmeric powders this turmeric extract rejuvenates the body and is well known to improve skin health ancient china india and the middle east all revered turmeric for its anti-aging properties but get this Thousands of health experts, studies, and research papers today all support the claims that turmeric has anti-aging properties. Ever since I started taking Ageless Body, my skin and my energy levels make me feel 10 years younger. It really is the modern-day fountain of youth. If you've been looking for a great way to promote healthy aging, then you're going to love Ageless Body. And you can get it today for up to 43% off by going to agewithred.com. Or you can always visit the link below. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel.
5: Part of it, that movie 2000 Mules oh, yeah. ended Excellent. the debate yeah. on whether there was ballot trafficking in the United States. I saw it as soon as it came out. I was blown away. I was just like, this is what open source data can do. Mm-hmm. The ability for Dinesh D'Souza to go out there and purchase all that open source data from the cell phones to reconstruct the path it's like you can have all kinds of debates but once you see the data it is very clear it's very convincing and now with this 2000 mules it's like we're going to see people like i wouldn't be surprised if there's vigilante justice right now at those ballot drop boxes Well,
4: that's a scary proposition, but I can see where you're coming from. You know, the good news is um, somebody had sent me a Substack article regarding this stuff uh, in the last several days. And uh, the gentleman who put the the article together, he has a lot of information about these possible changes that could be made if this uh, this treaty is ratified. And uh, there is a provision within it that says that if any member of Congress is to object, and I think any member of a legislature of any of the 50 states is to object to the adoption of these regulations uh, or this treaty with the World Health Organization, uh, that it will get thrown out. So I, I am suggesting to everybody, I put this out on Truth Social. It doesn't take much for you to call, email, and perhaps if you're close enough, stop by your elected representative's office and let them know that this is Something that they absolutely have to stand in opposition to. I was a little disappointed after I shared that somebody in uh, on Truth Social said, "Oh, you know, there's nothing I can do. It's just a bunch of rhinos and Democrats, so it won't have any effect if I if I call or if I email." And I, and I want to stress to everybody, all it takes is one member of Congress to object to this, and they won't be able to ratify it. They won't be able to put it into effect here. So if we have, wow. hundreds, if we have hundreds of thousands of American patriots that are making their voices heard, the chances that we're going to get one person on board is pretty good. What about Paul Gosser? What about Marjorie Taylor Greene? What about uh, Rand Paul? You know, we have a lot of Matt good Gates. people. Yeah, Matt Gaetz. Tons, tons of good people that we can contact and that we can let them know what's going on to michelle bachman's point if if nobody in america knew about it until early april and still it's not very widely known what do you think the chances are the people in congress have absolutely no idea either just like president trump they have surrounded themselves with advisors and gatekeepers and people who are giving them information when they feel they should receive it and so everybody that we are hoping is going to be saving our asses in washington dc doesn't
5: necessarily have the full picture right? We still have a democracy. We can still leverage that in order to protect ourselves. And we need to protect ourselves right now because we're getting into a very crucial point of time between now and when the conservatives and the Republicans sweep back into power and take both houses. That's going to end the Biden regime's march. Okay. And that's the reason why they're rushing this right now. They're doing it by surprise. And if it's just one senator that can object to this and the whole thing comes to a grinding stop, we need to get the word out there and get that to happen, Zach.
0: Yeah,
4: I absolutely agree. Do not give up. I tell you what, I said this on Truth Social. I guarantee you, if you choose to sit down on your rear end and do nothing, we're going to lose. All right. But at least if we try to stop this and we fail, then we know that we tried. OK, so it just depends on how you want to live the rest of your life. I certainly don't want to live in chains and I don't want to allow the you excuse me, not the UN, but the World Health Organization to make my health care decisions for me. So please take that to heart. You can go to the Substack article in the description of this video. The link is right down there. There's a form letter. You can send that off via email. I would recommend getting a physical letter over to them. And like I said, if you have the ability to visit them in person, please go and do so. Because if they are overwhelmed with people saying the exact same thing, I guarantee you there's going to be somebody that listens. All right, Zach. We've only got a few more minutes, so I want to uh, change gears here and uh, Mm -hmm. go to this tweet that you had sent me. Uh, This is uh, uh, something that you had put out about a Tonga volcanic explosion in January. Explain this here. What you're talking about?
5: Yeah. So um, I was looking back on my history, and I I remembered that I was uh, tweeting about this uh, Tonga explosion because it was really weird, and I started to look more into it as you know, was this a nuclear blast? And uh, because it took out Pretty much the entire volcano, um, and it was heard as far away as Alaska. So, according to this, according to NASA, the sound was so loud that it could be heard from as far as way as Alaska. So, I thought that was really interesting, and I got some video of uh, the explosion. You can go ahead and roll that video. Um, got- oh, fuck! Holy shit! As you can see, it sounds like a detonation. And remember, Zach, when all of a sudden, inexplicably, everyone just sort of turned down the COVID rhetoric and Mm -hmm. they just sort of like ended all the restrictions. When was that? That was like February, right? Yes. Yeah. Right around then. Around February. So this Tonga explosion was in January. And sort of the tail end when they started to reverse, started to reverse and slack a little bit of those COVID policies. And it looks like this Tonga explosion might have been a thermonuclear device test. Okay so um, why would they why would they test a a, a high yield nuclear device
4: in a volcano like that? I mean why now? We we've done enough nuclear tests there there have been you know a, really a a pretty good understanding of what happens when you blow up a nuke. Right. Well, I think it's the size. Uh okay. let's go ahead and roll that video of the size. Right. So fair enough. That definitely looks like it uh has the hallmarks of a mushroom cloud. Uh now Here's my question for you, Zach. How do we know that um, this wasn't? How do we know this wasn't just a volcanic eruption? I mean, is there the ability to check for nuclear radiation? I mean, if this was a nuclear bomb, wouldn't there be like an additional nuclear signature we could measure?
5: Right. So um, that's exactly what I tried to do. I tried to disprove that this was a nuclear bomb because I wanted to see what you know the public radiation detectors mm-hmm. uh, were saying. And so I logged in. Uh, to a radiation detector, and guess what? it was down and I logged into another one, and it was also down and i, I ended up going randomly testing twenty different nuclear radiation reporting sites. all of them happened to be down at the same time um, and they were down six days prior to this explosion uh they've yeah it's it's one of these so crazy it's pretty things. convenient. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty convenient. So, uh, it looks like there's a cover up going on. Uh the a lot of the stations have since come back up, but none of them carry the dates that would be able to allow me to disprove that this was a nuke. Plus, here's the thing. When a volcano explodes, it essentially doesn't detonate. It burps gas. Mm-hmm. Uh like there's a large amount of fluid underneath the crust. Um it gets a hole and then like a zit, it just like kind of oozes all out. Um but it doesn't like have a bang.
4: Well, what, what about thing- Mount Vesuvius? Wasn't it uh, Vesuvius that uh, uh, blew up and, and
5: covered up Rome? Or I'm sorry, it wasn't Rome. It was Pompeii. Pompeii, right? But even that was a expulsion of gas, like a okay. whole bunch of gas came out, hot volcanic soot, and it came down. Um, it doesn't just release all of its energy within a microsecond, which is apparently what this Tonga volcano did. When you watch the video, what you'll see is that. Uh it's like a bang, like someone set off a huge explosion, like a firework. Uh and there are some echoes of that, but it's all at one single point. A volcano, I'm sorry, just doesn't make that kind of sound. Okay, uh, but a detonation uh does. And the question is, what could cause a detonation of that scale that could produce a mushroom cloud? I think it was a it was a I think it was a message to Russia, and that message was hey, we've got a huge thermonuclear device. We know how to use them. We're willing to test it and watch out. And then a few months later, what happened? Russia did um, an invasion of Ukraine. um, From some of the stories that came out, Uh, the United States and NATO knew about this secret plan months before. And so when you look back up with with this Tonga eruption slash nuke, What you see is that that all lines up. And so what I think is happening right now is that this COVID-19 PSYOP got interrupted by Russia taking advantage of the situation, taking advantage of Biden's weakness, and taking Ukraine um, while the United States was weak. And now we're seeing the ramifications of that. Uh, It looks like we're going to war. Uh, There is a Lend-Lease Act that is only, it's, it's signed right before you go to war, which gives weapons... On loan to the target country in exchange for certain guarantees on collateral and other obligations. In World War II, it was that they would all join uh, a um, a League of Nations or a UN after the war. Um, and now with Ukraine and the announcement of a lend-lease with them, who knows what's going to happen? But it's probably going to be that they have to join NATO in mm-hmm. exchange for all of these weapons. And so right now we're on the doorstep of world war three. It's absolutely scary. I have to call my friends and complain about the deep state because I hate them so much, but it looks like we're going to war um, and buckle up because we've got a food supply collapse also coming in. Oh, yeah. uh, Turkey just announced that there's, they're increasing fines and jail time for people that hoard food. Um, Ukraine and Russia are the number three and the number four bread basket of the world. Um, Weed production's wheat, way down. Yeah. Wheat production's way down. Grain production's being shut off. Uh potash, these nitrogen fertilizers that are needed to increase crop yields and feed the plants, those are being put on supply uh, embargoes. Um, it is absolutely crazy. I've never seen anything like this, Zach. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I mean,
4: this does seem to be a real perfect storm of horrific world ending events taking place just once more right before the midterm elections. All right. Well, listen, Zach, that's all the time we've got for you today, buddy. But I really appreciate you bringing this to me. I'm going to do a little bit more digging and see uh, if I can't find anything else. I'd be interested to see what the background radiation signatures are, uh, you know, in that week after this explosion and then what they were prior to it. I mean, obviously, we've got it down for about two weeks there, but I'd still like to see if we've got anything we can pick up. Yep. Yep. All right. Thanks again for being here. Appreciate you. Thank you, Zach. We'll all right, my friends, that's all I've got for you today. Please do me one more favor. Go to the description below. Go to that Substack article from James Raginski or Raginsky, and use his form letter to communicate with your elected representatives. And he suggests you email them 10 times a day until you get a response back from them. Now, one more thing before I go. This is in regards to Zach's theory about the possible nuclear blast in Tonga. Tonga is just to the east of Australia. Australia, and I did everything I could to find real-time radiation monitoring, and where you could go to search for active uh, radiation checking sites, uh, you couldn't find anything on Australia or Tonga, and I thought that was odd, and so I found a map which shows real-time radiation data, and I'm going to show it to you guys right here, and the area where Tonga is, and where arguably any radiation from a recent blast would be uh, indicated, is completely wiped out. They don't have it on this map at all. You can get to every other country on planet Earth except for just east of Australia between uh, the uh, the eastern portion of the Asian continent here and then the western portion of the North American continent. And, of course, Australia, eastern portion of Australia right here, just not on the map. And Tonga is, of course, not there either. So what does that mean? Does it mean that there was actually a nuclear blast back in January that was a warning to Russia? I don't know, but I can't find anything to uh, verify whether or not there are increased radiation levels over there. If you guys have any hints, any ideas on how I might be able to locate this information, I'd be very interested to hear what it is. I'd also like to know if you get in touch with uh, your elected representatives and let them know that you're not interested in that Senate bill passing. Everything you need to know is in that Substack article. Please check it out. Thank you for being here. As always, this has been Red Pill 78. My name is Zach Payne, the corruption detector, and this was another edition of Red Pill News. Good luck, everyone, and God bless.